Hello, good afternoon, wherever you are, folks. Welcome to the Me Chronicle Sports Podcast, Talk a Good Game. And I'm here with Fergal Lynch. How are, you, how are you, Jimmy? You're hitting stop buttons and pause buttons there, and I think we were talking for five minutes before we realised we didn't have the button hit. Oh, well, sweet Jesus. Well, look, I tell is. you, you'd know we were off for two weeks. Uh, after no, sorry. Not, uh, can we like, you were off for two weeks. I was off for good. two weeks, and uh, I enjoyed every bit of it, and all that went on over the last two weeks. Sure, it's great to be a trim man. Uh, these days, you know, winning the tidy towns and having the Puka Festival, and not to mention what's going on in the sporting fields and a, a all modest, around. A modest trim man, I modest should trim add, man. Obviously, you know, no, no a proud, boasting, I think, no is boasting, uh, no proud, proud like rather than modest, Jimmy. Proud, yeah, I think. Well, and look, every, I and every, you have something to uh, boast about, especially of what happened on Saturday. That's an amazing feat of by uh, Jimmy Canty and his uh, troops. Yeah, phenomenal. And I, I know we'll we'll probably talk about it in more depth, but. <laughs> You know, for me, teams uh, of any grade or, or shape of hurling to go down to Kilkenny into the into the cat's lair, as we called it in the match report a couple of times this year, and emerge with a fully deserved, by no fluke or no uh, stroke of luck or anything like that, to emerge victorious from a, a game against Dainsford, uh, who included the likes of Richie Hogan and Paul Murphy, I think there's 11 All-Ireland titles between the two of them, eight All-Stars. And and Trim just outplayed them. I know you win by a point and you say, oh, well, it must have been tight, it must have been close. And it was. Very close, very tight, very tense, amazing atmosphere in Nolan Park. Unbelievable day. And to win by a point was brilliant. The contingent of uh, Trim supporters, I'm sure, went down for this... For that occasion, what occasion? Yeah, I think a few boys went down earlier for just to kind of prolong the occasion. They went yeah, down on the yeah. Friday night and mm-hmm. uh, met a few lads in the car park beforehand uh, that were kind of sleeping off maybe the excesses of Friday night in in the great city <laughs> that is Kilkenny. Like, it's a yeah. great city, Kilkenny. Uh, city, brilliant yeah. city to go out in. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go down the Friday night myself, but... Uh, a few of the boys, as I said, were sleeping off the uh, the excesses of the night before before going into Nolan Park. But a big crowd. But it's it's a huge venue. I'm not sure what Nolan Park would hold. What would? Oh, would it hold fifteen thousand? Would it? Twenty, fifteen thousand. Imagine. And all all seater. Is it? Yeah. Is it not behind yeah. the goals there? Would no, no, no. All seater, as far as I can remember. Maybe right. was it all seater down on the scoreboard end? Can't really remember don't off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. Don't but think it's, it's, think it's uh, you yeah. know. So people kind of looked. It looked as if there wasn't a huge crowd but the noise that came from them and definitely the trim supporters outnumbered the Dainsford supporters far more trim yeah. supporters I won't say it was double but there was far more trim supporters than Dainsford supporters and it was a brilliant atmosphere helped of course yeah. by a, the fact that it was a brilliant game just yeah. the quality of hurling Jimmy and I know we said it earlier on and again without being biased or uh, anything like that how many good games of hurling have we seen this year involving Trim every one of them they just play a lovely brand of passing neat intricate exciting hurling and are well able to mix it up as they proved against Dainsford on Saturday well able to mix it up with the, with the, some of the darker arts we might say like how many times have you seen Trim hurl this year well about two, three times I've seen them each time yeah about three or four times yeah they, were you they, bored you any of them no I wasn't they played Kadoki but that, that was a tremendous game as well in the semi-final yeah wasn't it, you know, uh, was, yeah uh, semi-final yeah, yeah wasn't it? And, uh, played them earlier on the group stages the league, as well and, and played, played them in the league I missed that one in the group stage that was, there was a bit of a schmuzzle in that I believe yeah that's that where was, the dark arts might come into us yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and, <laughs> but a, yeah. it's just it's they just entertain 
and have done for the last two years when you think of the success the, and the entertainment the footballers have brought Mead supporters in the county bringing the club the whole way to an All-Ireland club final and uh, we'll talk about that later on as well We've when was the last time okay Dunderry aside who fell at the first round of the Leinster Junior but when was the last time we had four Mead teams winning their opening game in Leinster Club Championships yeah I mean last week we saw that the three footballers uh, that were at Toad and Chocolate and Castletown winning uh, you know yeah it's true it's, it's, yeah and then it's, Trim winning their one in, in the, Le- the Senior Hurlers should, should we not be winning though, Le- the Leinster titles more far more often than we have done like Dun Chocolate haven't won it or it hasn't been won by a Mead club since Dun Chocolate in 2002 the senior football I'm talking about you know we should be winning more surely further you know but yeah there's something there's something alright at senior level but we more than hold our own at junior and intermediate level like Trim yeah, Trim, Trim winning the Leinster last year Nobber getting to an All-Ireland final yeah and well I think a lot of clubs I was saying Colin Kills of course got to an All-Ireland club final yeah. a couple of years a few years ago as well um, so we do more than hold our own at junior and intermediate level it's at senior level where we fall down and I know when I was writing the preview before I went off on my uh, prolonged holiday as you like to call it yes um I went through the list of of the amount of games that me teams have won since 2000 in the first in the Leinster Senior Club. Oh, I don't think it was something like seven or eight games in 20 odd years. Is all me teams have won aside from take take screen getting to the final in 04 and uh, Dunshockland yeah. did we say in, in 02 Portage, yeah. you know Dunshockland in 02 winning it take them two out I'd say there's only been about seven or eight wins in the other 20 years yeah it's a shocking record really though fair, right? you yeah. know, for, for a, a leading football club leading football county which we regard ourselves at still despite yeah, yeah. despite the recent years but uh, yeah we, we discussed that in a little while fair, but we have other things as well well why don't that. we stick on that then will we just for the time being do you think Rathold can book that trend now. I do. Why not? I mean, why not? They're, they're brilliant. Now, look... Um, well, I, surely, I, I, the why I, I, not, surely the why not has to be Kilnacode and Portleash. That's why not. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I spoke to uh, David Brady earlier in the year and uh, he said to me, it was after one of the, the early rounds of the championship, and he said to me that he's amazed at the, the quality of the football of uh, talent is available in Mead. He said he, uh, he lives in Castlenock, so he's familiar with the Dublin scene. He's familiar with the Mayo scene, obviously, as a Mayo man. And he said in, in either of those counties, there's, there's nothing... <laughs> You know, there's, there's every bit as much talent in me to match anything in those counties. So I, you yeah, know. But then you're coming up now, so you're coming up against the Kilmacud team, got to the All Ireland Club final last year, who not only have probably the best of what's some of the best of what's available in Dublin. They're also able to cherry pick players from the best of the other counties around. Shane well, Walsh Shane being Walsh, the prime, yeah. being the prime example. So yeah, yeah, while you might think. God, this is a good retort side. Probably as good a team as we have sent in to, sent into Leinster Club Championship uh, in over the last few years. But well, you look, I mean, just you look at the power that they have. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's self belief. Maybe teams for me just don't have. Don't the think retort lack in self belief. No, but that's why that's one of the reasons <laughs> this year. But maybe up to this year, it's one of the reasons why me teams haven't performed that well. But the, I mean, if they have the self, they've got the power. They've got the. Um, the forward, particularly the forwards, to win any match, surely to beat anybody in the country, any club side. You would imagine yeah. in, in, in players like Brian McMahon and Bobby <clears throat> O'Brien and uh, 
Keen 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 Rogers and Keen O'Brien who comes in and in and out to the team as well. And, yeah. Um, but then you yeah, have Dahi yeah. McGowan who, who I know he wears eight on his back, but he generally plays in the half forwards. They have definitely have threats all over the field in terms of scoring scoring wise, but just can they live with the like and, and we're talking about can they live with the likes of Kill McCood Croaks or a Port Leash we haven't even spoke about them spoken about them getting over the downs who they play in Crow Park on Saturday uh, <laughs> yeah. quarter past five throw yeah. in they have yeah. to get over the downs before they even get a puck yeah. at, well, uh, at, at Kill McCood convincingly I yeah. can't just remember the scoreline but I know it was, right, it was like 117 to 7 or something or like that or yeah. or something like that 117 to 117 yeah they hammered them anyway. anyway yeah good hiding yeah, yeah I mean they, they were I mean St Mary's were expected to do very well in that but yeah and of course the, the Downs have got Lara Wall yeah. Lara has got an insight into me football which is uh, you know second to none like he, yeah. he's been around here he managed to meet ladies for a while he did before Eamon Murray he I'm managed going to have a, to, going to have a sweet here Jimmy do you want a well, sweet no thanks very good I you never, sure I never, don't have a sweet while you're podcasting <laughs> <laughs> alright so um, you, you know, hear so, me chewing now talking, nom, nom. yeah <laughs> we, 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 hopefully we'll get Martin to <laughs> To, to, to edit that, but, uh, but yeah, so look, Lar, Lar, yeah, Lara has has an insight. He might have a um, a kind of a, a bit of a mission in the back of his mind, although it's a, a different chapter, a different book, you know, a completely different story. Managing the downs, but he had his heart broken, of course, by Ratolt in the county final a couple of years manager ago Kells, when when yeah, he was manager Gail, 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 and Joey Wallace yeah. uh, popped up with that. I think two minutes into injury time oh, goal. I think it was much later, was it not? Was it was even, it? yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah. in the pissing the rain yeah, anyway. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, that was heartbreak. But now, uh, in fairness, I think uh, Lahr, you know, probably learned a harsh lesson in that game because he made a couple of substitutions. It looked like, uh, you know, they brought off Brian Hanlon. I think uh, Brian Hanlon was one of the players that brought off near the end. It looked like it was just going to be a procession. And, well, you find and, it hard to believe, but I was actually off that day. That's <laughs> why so I didn't see the game. <laughs> I do find it hard to believe, Fergal. But, uh, yeah, so look, that, that was one of those um, occasions where I think... Now, in fairness, Gail Colin Quill, I could be wrong here, but I think they, they assumed that they had that they had it won. I think everybody in, in the stand thought the same. But it, look, it, it, it was turned around. It showed what football can do, you know, what the, the vagaries of football. But uh, So, will Lar, will, will he, will, do you think, will his knowledge of retort be a benefit to him as opposed to, we'd say, a different manager who would have never had skin in the meat game before I think you- it'd be a huge benefit Fergal it's bound to be because he knows players like uh, as you mentioned Joey Wallace we, we mentioned Brian McMahon he has already uh, laid out plans to uh, curtail them uh, you know as manager Gail Conn Killen it very nearly walked in the county final mm. it should have walked they, they were home and dry but they, they, let, they let the game slip from their grasp with that last second goal as well but um, you know so it's bound to be a huge help and I think the, you know we're told it could be really up against it this time you know but um, yeah I, and I, I don't like referring to and, I, and I'll probably do it a few times in this podcast don't like referring to Buki's odds because uh, I'm not a promoter of gamble at all really um, but you know the bookmakers have the downs marginal favourites and, and you would just have to wonder what is the basis of that obviously uh, they draw knowledge from all over the country and experts in all all, all the different counties so uh, they've obviously done their homework on the downs and the homework on retorts so they believe that the downs would be marginal favourites for me I think though retorts should be should be strong enough to beat uh 
<laughs> it sounds like a fairly ignorant statement to make because I don't know that much about the Downs. But from what I know of Retolt, I would fancy their chances. Yeah, well, it'd be very interesting to see how Lar contains Retolt scoring um, the, the forward division because nobody has been able to do it adequately enough this year. Road couldn't do it either. They went know? close though, you know, and Summerhill, so they haven't scored a goal in either their last two games from a team that scored 16 in their previous five championship games to haven't scored a goal in their last two would it be right in saying mm. that they didn't score against Summerhill didn't mm. score a goal against Retort mm. or Road. Road no they got was so, not 11 to not 9 in that yeah, game so from 16 goals in, in five games to none in their last two it's the well run drive no I don't think so I think teams have been you know trying to instill strategies try to employ strategies to contain the players but, but at the same time they just can't contain the team when they might contain Brian McMahon one day but then um, Keen Rogers will step up to the plate the next so the, uh, that's the kind of power that uh, Retort have uh, Fergal and uh, you know Lara knows that he knows what way Brian McMahon likes what, what way he likes what, what he likes to use more often than the other he, he knows Keen Rogers the pace that he can offer and, and he, he'll, he'll have all his plans laid out I'm sure Lara is a very thorough and very good just, manager I'm just about to say he's an unbelievable GA man I said it to you earlier on I was in Partholchen yesterday for five primary schools finals and uh, the first final St Mary's of Enfield were playing in it uh, in the girls division one shield final and Lara was standing on the mm. on the concrete benches on the side of the pitch and he was shouting in instructions and you're going I was looking through the team sheet and I was going there's no there's no girl with the surname wall here at all on the Enfield team but he was still offering his advice and, and giving any little bit of instruction that he could and obviously work as they won and then later on in the day Baconstown were playing uh, Skull Negroni from Rakarn in the girls Vision 3 final and he had a couple of daughters involved in that and he was uh, you know throwing in his tuppence work there as well and you know less than a week later he's going to be patrolling the sideline in Crow Park so from being a primary school's finals on a Sunday to Crow Park six days later he well, just is immersed in the game well yeah because he thinks it's, he thinks a strategy I know that from talking to him over the years and doing an interviews with him a few times and uh, uh, you know he, he's, he thinks of the game all the time he's an absolute gentleman a gentleman as well, as well. Yeah, really yeah. nice guy and <laughs> he'd always try to accommodate if you're looking for a few words after a match yeah. but he's 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 you know, you can see that he's thinking about strategies and how best to uh, utilize the football. The football, and he, um, you know, you can't just leave that aside when you go to a match. I guess you can't no, just leave no, that at all. Like no. you, you know, you're always looking. You're always looking and seeing things. See how you can uh, improve, or what would you do to change things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just part of it, and, and Lara's like that. And it'll be fascinating to see you're going to that Fergal big match in Crow Park big match in Crow Park yeah 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 please God all going well yeah um, yeah and then back to five primary school finals on Sunday morning then again probably will be five but we'll see um, but yeah so I'm going to go with Retort and so would I and so would you I think the the wide open space are taught that one of their many uh, prowesses is the fact that they've got pace all over the the field yeah with Eamon Wallace coming from the half back line as well gives them a whole different dimension as well well, that's been a revolution this year Eamon's Eamon's transformation from a a, a winger shall we say using a soccer term to a, a player who is uh, and that's really perceptive in part of the, on David Brady's part I think he played though as a wing back uh, before for Mead 
think he was definitely tried in, in the wing back position before. Was he? I don't yeah. remember him ever. He started games as wing back. He might have worn ten or twelve on his back, but would have started as a wing back. And I remember people giving out shite saying, "What is Andy McIntyre doing playing Eamon Wallace in as a half back and or doing what are they doing with him back there? Sure, he's mm. his it's his pace and his accuracy up front is what they need. But he's bloody effective for a He's thought. very good. And I, I, I'd be surprised if he's not caught into the mid squad now back uh, as a, as a centre half, a kind of a sweeper, a sweeper and a general midfield general because he has that insight. He has the ability to sw- spray passes around, but he has that vision as well, which is a brilliant quality to have. Yeah, I, th- I think the day of having an absolute giant of a man in midfield. Uh, is gone is it having you know they're no longer just you know launching 70 yard kick out straight down the middle in the hope that uh, Jerry McIntyre or Liam Hayes or uh, Nigel Crawford or Anthony Miles are going to climb high and win it now it's the little shorter kick outs and working the ball up and that's where nippier not saying small but nippier faster uh, trickier midfielders can carry the ball and yet Fergal across d- that middle teams third. are using big men in midfield still yeah most county teams most club teams I think it's, you you would I'm sure agree uh, use big men around there okay yeah. they might be very quick and they might have pace as well but there's big lads yeah, I think most probably you could probably make it make a, a case to say that well most teams are full of big men Anyway, mm, yeah, you know, like there's there's very few lads under six foot playing football or under well even back un, in the 80s, under fifteen like stone Bernard playing Flynn football was, was a kind of an unorthodox kind of player only for Bernard's tremendous uh, well he, he had pace he had ability to score but also his he had a fierce determination yeah yeah and he played when he shouldn't have played in terms of injuries and so on he, he said that yeah but every, every county I suppose has them but like you look at you look at and not looking to compare the great David Clifford with anyone but David Clifford is a giant of a man absolutely huge man yeah he playing in a corner forward position or a full forward position there's giants now all over the field but playing a, a, a faster fella rather than a 6 foot 6 or a 6 foot 10 15 six or 17 18 stone lump like yeah like some lads on this podcast uh, <laughs> playing significantly fitter people than some lads on this podcast in around midfield they seem to be getting away from that though with carrying as a ball carrier as a fella that you can tr- players that can move off the shoulder transition the ball from from your half back line into your full forward line by carrying it therefore retaining possession rather than lumping well, a ball out there in the modern team I guess you need height as well as speed because you know the, this thing that I'd love to see getting rid of the, out of the game is this uh, forward mark yeah where yeah it's, it's, it's pretty shy you know, but if you can win that, if, if a big man can win a few high balls and win his direction I don't mind the forward the, mark if the forward mark is won in a contest over the head yeah, yeah. but this you thing of a, of a fella well, being 25 yards off his marker and catching it at his knees and you get a free basically you get yeah. a free kick for, for nothing uh, yeah. and it's I think we're digressing well perhaps <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to digress though yeah it's, it's good, good to digress it's good to digress what this podcast is about too yeah, well, but we want time to be, moves on and time moves on you know, and yeah then, so Don are in Leinster club action yeah, let's, get, let's give them a mention um, yeah you were at that uh, I was no, not no, I, I was on holidays we, we, you keep rubbing it in there you keep rubbing it in Jimmy I forgot about that <laughs> uh, 
Don't chuck it. Yeah, the beat. Um, the one, the one. Bally take there. The, the beat in the in the in the uh, quarterfinals of the Leinster club. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised at that. Were you? So I didn't know much about Bally take. Didn't know much about him. John, John, Johnny Highland, obviously uh, from Kildare, was their main yeah. man. But now they've uh, they've uh, welcome local rivals. We call them. Be a little bit of a uh, tasty. Uh, meal on, on offer in Park Tolchin on Saturday at half one so if you're going to Crow Park it's a great double header Park mm. Tolchin half one Crow Park 5.15 yeah you could Dunchocklin v Cooley Kickhams Jimmy Dunchocklin v Cooley Kickhams yeah but uh, yeah absolutely but I'm still going for Dunchocklin yeah, because eight, eight, again referring to Bookie's odds 8-1 to one on or something to win Are they? yeah yeah uh, they're huge, massive favourites to win um, to win Leinster I'll be wary of that yeah. Gainsford were massive favourites yeah well that's true yeah yeah. Well, we will get <laughs> round to that but yeah, but, uh, yeah I think Dunshockland just have, when you talk about youth and power and pace in the team and ability to score all over the field Jesus Dunshockland have it in abundance as well uh, That it seems that that year in intermediate football is going to have done them the world of good yeah and they have a brilliant team coming on you know in, in defence as well as Baxley Luke Mitchell Matthew Costello all those players you know, uh, they're 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 certainly an emerging force in mead football. One disappointing thing, uh, as regards Dunshockland, that I might point out um, is that they they seem to well they have sacrificed their under twenty football uh, this mm. year because of their ambitions to win Leinster and they have so many good players that are under age under twenty years of age on their senior team or their intermediate team. They've they've conceded a walkover to you know they were hammered by. Uh, hammered by who on, on Friday night they were hammered by screen on Friday night in the under 20 championship and then gave a walk over to yeah. St. Colin Kills on Sunday morning because they just didn't have the players and they had a second team entered in the under yeah. 20 football and championship yeah, I was and going they to say that's not the only walk over they gave it they had yeah. to withdraw from that because yeah. they had to use their second team players in, in, in an earlier round game against Summerhill so like Dunshockland probably would have been favourites to win the under 20 championship but they're bottom of their group and it's, it's Summerhill and uh St. Colin Kills playing uh, looks like St. Colin Kills against Trim in one semi-final it's hard to believe again. that they, they wouldn't have a team to feel you know, a decent they would have had a team decent, but there would have been team, you know, uh, a strong team but, you know. but you look at the, the quality of player that Dunshockland have and under under 20 so you're looking at your Furzy Blakes your Rory Kinsella's Connor Gray's uh, John McDonough's you're looking at lads like this they're all key men yeah. on their uh, intermediate team so they weren't going to be allowed to play and that not just them there's another probably six or seven lads that are part of the intermediate panel that are eligible to play under 20 and they just yeah. they've, they've put their eggs in this intermediate uh, Leinster intermediate basket and hopefully uh they get what they get what they earn and, and hopefully they'll win that and follow in the footsteps of, of Trim and St. Colin Gills surely what about Castletown Fergal do you, you know much about the, the Con Moore I know Carlo? absolutely nothing about them yeah. Jimmy uh, the, Castletown beat Lara of course in the first round beat them well yeah as we as sp- yeah. spoke about that or we put it up uh, Kevin Ross's uh, internet sensational goal when yeah. and he gathered the ball the keeper kicked the ball out and, yeah, and yeah. Loved it. It, it looked like he'd say ah oh, but sure the keeper was well out but it was brilliant execution of the skills but that's Kevin yeah. Ross and, and it's him and, and Declan Cribben and a few other boys like that, that uh, Killian Price and Killian Smith and they, they just have class players Castletown and 
Um, I, I'm going to get. I'm going to make a three out of three for me clubs in the Leinster mm. Club football this weekend. I think. I think Castletown can do a job. Uh, a pity. It's in Dr. Cullen Park at half one on Saturday as well. You know, the Mead supporters have to try and divide themselves in three on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Well, some might get to Partodge and Crow Park, so they'll get two of the games. But um, it, it's a pity it's down in Dr. Cullen Park on yeah, Saturday. And, what, uh, what an occasion for the Castletown Club. Yeah, yeah, it's well, uh, Yeah, look, and, and it, it costs these, it obviously costs these clubs uh, money to, to embark on these Leinster campaign, campaigns because we saw where a couple of clubs are, are in fundraising exercises. Yeah, yeah. Retort of, I saw something on Twitter where they were promoting uh, their GoFundMe page in an effort to raise funds for uh, to finance their Leinster they're running Leinster so they, they had set a target of five grand on that uh, to look to raise funds but yeah as we said it's an expensive business and uh, buses have to be organised and uh, the lights have to be put on floodlights have to be put on for training and clubhouses have to be heated and uh, jerseys have to be washed and well, play- uh, players have to be fed and watered after games and training I, I, so and yeah, this, well, I know Rattot, well, I suppose that's where the most of the money would go. I know Rattot hired a bus to bring them from Rattot up to the Park Tarleton for the last, for the for yeah, road match. As they did for uh, the county final, yeah. And, uh, well, is that is that needed? Is that necessary? Well, obviously, think, they, you know? obviously they think it is, yeah. and it worked for them, so whatever yeah. works. Yeah, I was invited back in the bus actually the yeah, last a, match. Yeah, best of luck to you with that. Interview David Brady, but uh, that's, I declined yeah. politely. But uh, as, as, as politely as speaking I could, of David Brady, he uh, he was involved in a bit of a. Uh, another incident we'd say after that game against Road I know we didn't get there wasn't a podcast last week so we didn't get a chance to talk about it on this occasion though you know he was completely innocent I thought in that I know he he can be very passionate and very enthusiastic along the sideline and some of the Road players took exception to yeah, to well, his at least, uh, what, two three of them came over to him yeah so, unless he said something yeah but still you know verbals are verbals and uh, whatever he, he didn't start it he didn't start the physical end of it and uh, as he said himself it, it's a bit like give a dog a bad name but that he mm. seems to be the one now that's the finger's been pointed at him oh Jesus it's David Brady again but I didn't think he was at fault for the incident uh, against Road certainly mm. certainly didn't uh, the one against Summerhill where Conor Gillespie and himself had a bit of a clash alright Conor was out on the field uh, you can see the TV pictures clearly show that and David kind of gave him a little tap on the shoulder as if to say excuse me do you mind me asking what are you doing out there excuse me excuse me Conor Conor excuse me do you mind me asking what you're doing out there and Conor turned around and uh just mm-hmm. replied to him mind your own business basically with a shoulder yeah and uh, knocked him on, on, <laughs> on the ground but the ground. so that one might have been uh, you know he, he can have to shoulder pardon the pun we'll some get, of the blame we'll for that one, one of those mics that the, the rugby referees have yeah it'd be great wouldn't it I'd love to get to that I'd lo- you'd love to hear that see what they say and shout and yeah. the rest of it sideline reporters we'll have to get yeah, yeah I'd love well, that it'd well, be brilliant well, the microphones and the managers would do fine but uh, yeah so that that's the uh, the Leinster club stuff um, there was a few Leinster club games at the weekend as well unfortunately including one final unfortunately for screen ladies Jimmy yes, you had the yes uh, Gad uh, well, look, it, it was it was just one of those games which 
didn't go well for a screen. They, they had a great win over Cooley Kickhams in the semi-final, but it just it was one of those days that they didn't really play as well as they can. They, they found it difficult to get the ball into uh, the forwards. They seemed to play very deep at certain times, and um, you know they, they probably had to do that to, to try and contain the the Longford Slashers, the famous Longford Slashers. Uh, and they were red hot favourites for that, Jimmy. The right, Longford they, Slashers, they lost yeah. Last year, didn't lost they? Lost last final. year. I think they'd beaten the Dublin Nave Marnog had they in the semi final. Yes, yeah, so they were very good, they were, and they were very good. So yeah. I mean, Screen did very well. But what a year Screen had! Look, when you consider under Mick O'Dowd, they've, they've um, risen from being junior club, junior team down to uh, the one day to meet this year in Mead and now to, and to get to a Leinster final and to you know to, to go close well reasonably close to win it it was only four points in the difference in the end and beaten by four points and, and 3-10 three, three to 3-6 and Kira Smith's sin bin for 10 of, yeah, ten yeah, of the last the 14 half, or 15 minutes a crucial part of the game it was just the last thing they wanted at that time were, it, maybe because were, she's brilliant she's brilliant yeah she and and uh, you know, she 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 looked like she got two goals again. She got two goals in the previous game, two eight, I think it was against Cooley Kickhams. So she's a brilliant player. Yeah, no, and not just, bad for eighteen year old with two uh, All Ireland medals yeah, in her well, in her we'll, pocket as well. We're going to hear a lot more of uh, Kira in, in the coming years, and hopefully and see, her, see her in the green and gold, winning a couple of All Irelands. Yeah, and at the other end of the spectrum, Kira scoring two goals at eighteen years of age, and and a, a girl twice. More than yeah. twice her age, and uh, mo- mother of five, Fiona Mann, now yeah, Fiona O'Rourke. Yeah, Fiona, yeah, I spoke to Fiona, she's a five, mother of five, and uh, you know, she's 39 years old. Uh, but as she said herself, what's important is it's not age, is, is, is you know, it's only, uh, it's only a concept that people have just because you reach a certain age if you're fit if you're well if you're feeling well why not go yeah. out and play a game and she's glad she's or some run a race or run a marathon no matter what age you are multiple meads athletic cross country champion 12 or 13 senior football titles at Sanchelstown 12 yeah I missed uh, one yeah probably was she part I know the, uh, there was a celebration on at the weekend of the Mead ladies team that won four Leinster titles in a row from 97 to 2000 Wonder was she part of that team in two thousand? Probably uh, not. I might. I might. She would. What's she? that? Twenty two years ago. So she'd yeah, have been seventeen. Yeah. She probably would have been. I'd say because yeah, yeah, she was I'd that good. So. And uh, she numerous athletics championships have won. And she won the national ju- uh, novice and intermediate cross country and and made several mead cross country championships. So what a what an athlete, what a person, and uh, you know she's an inspiration for a lot of people. Yeah, Keep yeah. Going. Why not? If you feel well enough. If you're able to, if you're fit enough, why not keep going? Enjoy your, your football and sport. Yeah, so yeah, she, so, she understands the ups and downs of it. So while it was a, a disappointing day for screen, it's been a great year for them. Well, when I was in uh, Kinnegad, Fergal, you were another great sporting occasion, uh, part of the annual schedule extravaganza. It's yeah. school, primary school finals. Five yeah, look, at, it's, it's, it's probably a day that brings a contrast and not emotions but contrast and uh, fears and, and joys uh, it's some of the greatest days in the calendar the Mead GA calendar or the Mead Primary Schools finals the, just the level of excitement the enthusiasm to, to watch the kids go out and play football and later on or early in next year they'll do they'll have the hurling finals as well so it's just it, it they're just great occasions and this year it's been divided up over three days so we've three days of five finals in a row so yeah I was a part touch and I'll just give a quick rundown on the scores 
uh, for five finals on Sunday. So I was there from 10 o'clock till half four on Sunday watching football matches, which so it's not work at all, is it? Mm, watching football well, matches not work on Jimmy not go there, right? you don't sound <laughs> convinced yeah. uh, the first game on, on the uh, Claw on Law was uh, the boys division 3 final Dangan 2-6 Scully Grounig from Rakarn 5 points the girls division 1 shield final went to St Mary's of Enfield who beat St Nicholas of Longwood 2-6 to 1-5 uh, John Conrad beat Cole Mullen by excuse me 4-7 to 3-3 in the girls division 2-3-4-5 shield final that's a mouthful uh, it's a paragraph in itself just naming what the title of that competition is uh, the girls division 3 football final went to Baconstown we, we mentioned it already with Lara Wall's daughters playing and, and a daughter I think it's Anna Cole a daughter of Mikey, Mickey Cole uh, brilliant player unbelievable player uh, Baconstown won 5-11 to Skullnick Rownick Rackarns not 7 and in the um, the boys division 2-3 shield football final um, Ashburn educate together uh, scored 3 points and but Skullnick Owen from Navin won the game uh, by 3-4 so he scored 3-4 so 3-4 to 3 points but I think what you know you, you look at the Ashburn Educate Together team and, and just giving a rundown through it and it just goes to show the diversity and the in, in the GA and what a great organisation it is in terms of inclusion and with the school there in Ashburn doing great work like there's names here like Vlad Fortuna Cornell Olak Darren Gramas Patrick Sito Vision Williams Philip Babia Sabo Amien Bawane Le- Lesvias Levsinas Ignasi Waska, Joe May in fairness to him Gabriel Urbanosic and Natas Gadias and every single one of these lads were such natural footballers pure athletes brilliant football just lacked that little bit of finishing touch against a, a really strong Skull Navon team with uh, a young fled centre back called Tommy Stokes who just held it held the defence together. He was a real rock at the heart of that um heart of that defence for Skull Own. But you know that that final game and to watch those young fellas playing uh, who obviously grew up come, coming from different countries or parents maybe coming from different countries and they growing up here and just becoming integral parts of the community and the GAA and just natural footballers it's great to see it and it's something we're going to see an awful lot more of in the years to come where um, these more difficult names to spell we'd say uh, so, so between yeah. the Irish names in Skull and the Grounig and uh, some of the, the other names then involved with Ashburn Educate together uh, it was tough it was tough spelling them out but uh, some great football and well, as we said a colleague commented earlier on it's the new Ireland isn't it you know that's yeah. uh, it's brilliant new yeah and should be welcomed and, uh, as well absolutely uh, but Abs- yeah the, the, the primary school finds are a brilliant occasion because uh, I was I was going to the Kinnegad yesterday just where you we, go back to that and I met this guy who was going he was supporting screen and he said I'll see you down at Kindergarten and we're talking about ladies football and, and we're saying how great it is usually and how entertaining the football matches are and he was saying yes because there's no cynicism in them there's no yeah, pulling yeah. or dragging and, yeah. and uh, it's and, and that is so true that in ladies football there isn't much of that we get an awful lot of and um, false machoism shall we call it yeah, in yeah. ladies football and the pulling and dragging and the the uh, 
Yeah. Okay, the new rules have mitigated against that these days, but you don't get that in, in obviously in uh, the school's finals. Yeah, but you and look at you look at even and and the inclusion of it. So and, and the popularity that girls football has, has risen enormously. Like Saint Nicholas Longwood, their team is listed here in the program. Forty three players on their on their team on their panel like oh, and yeah. they played St Mary's Enfield 35 players on their yeah. panel so there's 78 I mean, it's good sums uh, 78 players involved in one game of football of girls in well, one game youngsters have watched me play in all Ireland in recent years and, and have been and, inspired and yeah. inspired yeah. by that so uh, yeah and we see Vicky Wall has done very well in Melbourne what's she fair yeah Vicky is flying she's through to the uh, what, what is essentially now I think she's through to what a quarter final is it now I know they won it at the weekend mm-hmm. um, again Tom was was sending me uh, sending me messages from, father, from Australia her father yeah, yeah was sending messages and they were meeting up with, with me people down there I know they met a man from Oldcastle and they had a photograph taken with them down there and uh, uh, reading Vicky's diary in, in the Irish in the Sunday Independent or the Irish Independent is always interesting about yes. you know how she's much she's missing insight. home and, and she's loving she's loving the sport and life and the whole lot but she very readily admits that you know GA is her love and, and uh, she, she made a very interesting point in it in that you know she, sometimes when she gets a ball in a game in Aussie rules and she looks up and she sees somebody free inside and her natural instinct is to try to play the ball in free but the instruction they're given is that if you get a ball in a certain part of the field, you have to play it to a certain part of the field. So she was saying, I, I won a ball in midfield, looked up, saw somebody free inside. But the instruction is to play it out into a pocket on the left wing or into a pocket on the right wing. And that's what she has to do. You'd, find, you'd imagine if she'd find it very restrictive. Yeah. And she also said that uh, she, she's also realised that... Uh, it's it, not so much the, the, the positive affirmation that she's getting in Aussie rules and, and people telling her she's great and she's doing well isn't something that suits her, that she much prefers uh, the, the, uh, the more GA approach of, uh, you know, ah, she's not great in her left or uh, she can't do this or she can't do that. To, she loves to go out and prove them wrong. Right, so that's what drives so her on. So that's what yeah. drives her on. And, and yeah. I remember she scored a wonder goal against Westmead in the All-Ireland Intermediate Final a couple of years ago and it was off, was it off her right foot oh, geez, I, can't, I can't even I can't even tell you which is her strongest foot because both of them are so good yeah. but I, I remember saying it to her you know you took the shot with your right foot yeah she said I was bearing down on goals and all I could hear was somebody saying stay on her left stay on her left so I struck it with my right top corner well, you imagine you know? like, one, of big, one of Vicky's greatest strengths is getting a ball and running at defences and, pa- and running past uh, defenders yeah and, but she's not allowed to do that essentially uh, not allowed to do that but it's also a different thing in the tackle and, and obviously in GA it's easier to skip by a defender than it is in Aussie rules where they can just wrap their arms around you and pull yeah, you down well, or yeah. someone can pull your jersey back and stop that run so that doesn't happen in uh, in GA where she you know if she gets a yard of space at all in GA you can be gone whereas in, in Aussie rules well, you can so, be so one of her strengths is really not workable shall we say yeah no it's not it's not but uh, but her strength is make ensure that she's surviving and they're going North Melbourne are flying North Melbourne kangaroos they're flying beat Richmond at the weekend and they're into the into the finals now uh, unfortunately Orla Lally season is over she injured her shoulder before yeah. the last game but she hung on and was still down there and Fremantle had their awards night and she won uh, first year footballer of the year 
Orla Lally in fairness uh, so she's made quite the Brilliant. impact down there as well so uh, our two our two girls going down there have done really really well and uh, yeah. which is great to see in one sense but party is also hoping or maybe they won't make it and, you know, and they won't like it they'll hate it and right. kangaroos will want to get rid of Vicky and the dockers will want to get rid of Orla and they won't let them stay and they'll be back with Mead next year and we'll have another crack at yeah. the All-Ireland but uh, no fair play to them it's, it's great to see them doing uh, that best of luck to them of course but from, from Melbourne uh, to Claremont Stadium Fergal from the heat of Melbourne or what, you know, to, the, to, to the heat the, of Navin the darkness of uh, well, well, there wasn't all dark on, on Friday night, uh, under the Friday night lights in Claremont Stadium, Trim Celtic. More, more Trim Celtic. Well, well, yes, yes. But, Tidy uh, towns. Uh, yeah. Senior hurling. Yeah, you already mentioned that, Fergal. Puka. Already, you already mentioned that. So, <laughs> what know. was Trim Celtic winning now, Jimmy? Trim Celtic, well, look, we have to mention him because Robbie Hogan and uh, his lads, you know, they did a tremendous job. Well, you know, I mean, me teams haven't won the Premier much. It's usually from loud teams, and you know they haven't watched it much, won it much in recent years. Oh yeah, but they they needed just a point against Parkville. They won now the the three penalties from Brian Faulkner. He scored three penalties. Uh, so unusual. Yeah. But Daryl Carlin now he took a bit of stick from some uh, Parkville supporters for the awarding the penalties. But it takes a bit of courage too yeah. to award three penalties if oh, you feel to you the know, away team. To the, yeah, to the way team as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think there was a huge contingent of uh, Trim Celtic supporters there. Why wouldn't there be? Yeah. For the league title. But Robbie Hogan. Robbie, of course, is a great man. He's, he's a coach, the Trim Celtic manager. Yeah, yeah, he can coach at any level in the world. He's telling you know he's he's got this. He got all the badges. He's got all the FIFA badges. Uh, Robbie, of course, has been through the mill. He, he was he nearly died there a few years ago. He was telling me you know and um, he had a condition. Anybody? He, he was in a coma for a week. But he made it true, and he's a he's a very a gentleman, a real gentleman, and you know I was delighted to see see them winning really for for his sake more than anything else. But uh, Trim Celtic, yeah, so Trim Celtic, the NEFL Premier Division champions yet again. It's great. Right, okay, it's a, yeah, we, when we, I say yet again, I think it's probably just the second time or maybe third time. Uh, well, I think it's John Fitzgerald. I think he was telling me he's won it second time. He's been with them <laughs> playing the first team thirteen years, and he's only won it twice. But Sean, another great stalwart off the off the team. But the uh, soccer lads, soccer is doing going well in me isn't it fair the three lads on the international soccer team yeah well that was there what we, we never Senior had a, we never had an international soccer player we were one of the few counties in Ireland that didn't have an inter-county or international senior men's international up until 2018 Dara Lennon and then uh, in this squad for this week's friendlies against Malta and, Nor- and Norway we have three three yeah Dara Lennon who was the first uh, he came on for uh, John O'Shea against the USA in 19, uh, 2018 uh, after 33 minutes and then Jimmy McGrath was you know and now, now Evan Ferguson has been added as a yeah. young fella who's some boy Evan Ferguson 18 yeah, years of age 18 years of age he got he recently got a contract for from um, professional contract he was apprentice there shall we say he with Brighton be, yeah used to be called uh, but uh, now he's got a full contract so let, let's hope we see him powering on and yeah, uh, scored a goal for Brighton last week in the in the Carabao Cup I think against Crawley Town was it uh, um, scored a goal for Brighton um, or definitely Luke, fe- yeah that was Luke McNally was oh sorry Luke McNally was yeah, it yeah, oh right yeah, okay yeah. Luke McNally is with Burnley Burnley yeah 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 so right okay was, so that's yeah, another yeah. another mead man uh, from Enfield he's not in the Republic of no, Ireland but, but I think Evan Ferguson did score a goal in one of the earlier rounds of the well, he did, Carabao actually, Cup yes, he yeah, did, yeah. yeah but uh, Luke McNally he, co- he cost um, 
uh, Burnley 1.5 million from Oxford United so you know he, they certainly see great potential in, in him so Fergal what else have we discussed in well the, I don't uh, think we, we did uh, we didn't give a rundown on the, the game between Trim and Dainsford I, I know we spoke about it alright but we never mentioned final score being 16 points to 15 I'm not sure if we want to run down through it but um, as we said Trim went down into Nolan Park with everybody writing them off not giving them any chance and, and 52 seconds on the board and Dainsford opened the score and scoring with Cahill Kearney and then uh, James Mullally doubled that lead after three minutes and there was nine minutes on the board and Trim still hadn't got a score they hit two or three wides at that stage and people were going ah oh. Yeah, you can see where Trim have no chance here. Then all of a sudden, Par Ryan, just a new lad into the club, um, really had a brilliant game for Trim. He got them off the mark, a super point. Then James Murray, who uh, had a real bad ankle injury in the lead-up to the game, was expected to miss. He came in and, and got his first of nine points in the game for James Murray to make it two points each. And it was nip and tuck for most of the game. It was two each, it was three each, it was four all. Then... Dainsford again went 6-4 up they were 7-5 up and that's how it stayed at half time they had a flicked effort off the crossbar and Trim were happy enough probably to be in the game but deservedly in the game just two points down at half time but what I liked about the Trim performance as good and all as it was how brilliant the, the six defenders were and how hard working the midfielders were, were was their spirit and their character like playing a team like Dainsford who were heavy favourites Trim could have easily given up the ghost within, 30, within a minute of the restart the great Richie Hogan as we said seven All-Irelands four All-Stars stretched their lead to three points eight points to five we would have said that's it curtains from Trim within four minutes two more convert a free and a 65 from James Murray had Trim back to within a point and remarkably by the 41st minute Trim were ahead Unbelievable! Dylan Farrell, James Murray, and Mikey Cole made it ten points to nine to Trim, with, with still with twenty minutes to go. So it, the new was never over. But ten points to nine, Trim were buying. They were really, really bouncing. But what did Dainsford do? Replied again, pulled two points clear again. Uh, Colin Phelan and of course Richie Hogan central to that. But to get Richie Hogan and Paul Murphy, who who also has four All of Ireland's, he scored as well. But kept uh, Richie Hogan to just two points from play so after going 8-5 down Trim then went 10-9 up then went 10-12 down again with 10 minutes to go Trim are down by two points you say no chance to come back there was an exchange of points uh, between James Murray and Philip Cooney 13 points to 11 to Dainsford with 8 minutes to go you'd still say ah, it's still Dainsford game they're going to take it but Trim refused to give up Brilliant point um, from Ian Birmingham. Then a super point, another one from uh, James Murray leveled it up again. But Trim, that was the first of two, first two points of four in a row. Uh, pa Ryan got his second. James Murray got his first from play. All of a sudden, with six minutes to go, Trim are fifteen thirteen up. Six minutes, still loads of time, isn't there? There for Dainsford to come back. Trim kept them to two points in those last six minutes and managed to get a point from Alan Douglas in between those two scores to hold on for a famous famous win and it was just unbelievable I know that Buff Egan was doing his uh, usual trick his usual uh, usual commentary on a game which would give brilliant highlights of the game actually but afterwards he spoke about one of the best performances that has ever been produced in Nolan Park was by James Toher he was absolutely phenomenal mm. and between himself and Connor Quigley 
uh, I know Richie Hogan isn't isn't the man he used to be, or isn't uh, doesn't have the powers he used to have. But they were the Trim Boys were just sensational on all the threats that Dainsford had, and it was one of the most remarkable performances from any Mead hurling team county or club in the last few years like to go into Nolan Park and beat a team that was considered 20 to 1 on favourites and to beat them and deservedly beat them remarkable yes and we'll hopefully we'll see uh, James Tower back in the Mead jersey as well he's been missing the last year or so and uh the word on the street is that he will get back in there. I don't think that word there. was on the street. It was in one of the coffee shops when, they, when we were out for lunch earlier on. Word on the seem, street seemed to suggest that, uh, yeah, yeah. that uh, yeah, he could well be... Sifting our way through the town looking for news. But, uh, could, could well be going back in. But, you know, and as was said, if you were Shersha Bolfin in Nolan Park last week and you walked out thinking, Jesus, I haven't got James Tor on my county panel, you would be beating his door down to get... Mm to get him into your panel after the performance but it wasn't just a one man show Trim were superb Conor Quigley as I said excellent Jerry Dwan is probably mm. developing into one of the best defenders in Mead Hurling as well and Charlie Ennis Kieran O'Rourke Charlie Ennis was brilliant in goals Kieran O'Rourke exceptional Ben Holden did a great job Dimmy Higgins in the right wing then through midfield as well like uh, Pat Ryan who came in for uh, David Murta who was missing was excellent absolutely excellent mm. but Trim just had that approach that and Jimmy Canty mentioned it and uh, we'll play the interview uh, that I got with Jimmy Canty after the game we'll play that just here uh, but you, you'll hear Jimmy mentioning about the the stick work and the you know what uh, Dainsford's strengths are and how Trim went out to just disrupt that so we'll just hear what Jimmy Canty has to say here now It's not an understatement Jimmy to say that that was probably one of the best results and probably best performances from a me team in Leinster Championship you'd have to agree with that yeah well definitely from what I've been involved with anyway um, definitely has like years ago back 20 years ago when we won championships we went down and played Carlow or Wicklow teams but to come down to Nolan Park and play Kilkenny team that is Richie Hogan Paul Murphy you know lads that are under 20, Kilkenny under 21s it's outstanding to, to come down and get a result but would, would you have uh, came down here with expectation I know from talking to other people coming in and, and people uh, bigger experts than me would say that ah, if Trim got within six or eight points it would be a good performance what were your expectations coming down no look we finished five weeks ago so we gave ourselves a week off and then we slowly came back into it but we always had the aim from the time we won the final was to give this a rattle Kilmessen have won the Leinster Kiltail were close a couple of times Westmead teams have won it Nace won it last year so with it being the intermediate competition you have a realistic chance It's not you're not coming down to play Ballyhale Shamrocks so we knew we've good hurlers in the team we have a good bench so we were always aiming we weren't saying we were going to win it but we were always going to put ourselves in with a serious chance and uh, so in terms of Richie Hogan and Paul Murphy had you a plan for them or did you just look to focus on your own game and, and you know work on what you're good at we we obviously outlined you know where they were going to be but we were sticking to our own game plan but just making sure they weren't given any space so you know Richie likes to drift into positions where he's, he'll pick up the ball loose and he's obviously very effective but we just looked at never leaving him free but playing our own game so I know you don't get here without winning a Mead Championship but does this even surpass that? I'll, I suppose it definitely it's we're in bonus territory and it's I suppose it definitely does like they were they were favoured probably nearly to win the All-Ireland in this so um, to come down here and beat them in their own backyard I suppose as in a day for Trim and Mead hurling 
it, it definitely has to be the biggest day uh, we've had anyway. And, and there would be a fear then that, you know, well, that's a great win and you know, we've achieved something brilliant here and you take your eye off the prize now, but a big game the next time out, it looks like it could be against Tullamore. Um, I know you haven't thought much about that, but there is an opportunity for AME team, thank God it's trim, uh, yeah. kicking on in Leinster here. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's, as I say, we took the week off after the final and we had plenty of time to, to work or bring ourselves back up to it and work back into it. So, no, we've definitely been, obviously, looking at this match first, but if you get over Danes down in Nolan Park, anything is possible after that. But, obviously, Tullamore will be another big team used to playing in senior in, in Offaly. But, um, look, if we apply ourselves right and we train hard, anything is possible. And what a group of players, Jimmy. Like They're, they're on the road now two years. It's uh, with football getting to an All-Ireland final earlier this year. They just they just don't know how to lose and they just have a tremendous appetite, haven't they? Aye, lads, outstanding. Like all year, they're football hurling, football hurling one week after the other. There's a big bunch of them. And look, that's probably what helped us here today as well, as well that none of them are intimidated by coming down to Nolan Park. They've played in Crow Park last February, so... You know, nothing is over on for them. So that that was a huge help for us today. And we, we knew that as well. We said we'd have more fitness and physicality than them because they wouldn't be used to it. They'd be used to quick stick work, but not to the intensity and strength and physicality that all our backs have, you know. So we knew our advantages, so our strong points. So we tried to play as much as we could to it. Brilliant. Yeah. Cheers, Super. Thanks, Thanks, Jimmy. Everybody. Well done. So, Jimmy, you there, could... You, there was another... Uh, yeah, well, you could hear Jimmy Canty there. I wanted to go back to mention that... that Great um, win by Trim Fergus. Yeah, well, just here after after listening to Jimmy Canty there, and he he he, you could hear that uh, he was obviously delighted with the win, but you know they've won nothing yet, so they play Tullamore and Partholchen. Uh, next Saturday week so that'll be another great day for the supporters mm. of Mead Hurling to get out and get behind our county champions Saturday as well Fergus the match in Ashburn uh, it was a very poignant game uh, and another trim team were involved it was trim against Kildalki in the, in the intermediate Camogie final yeah uh, now this was this was a very poignant emotional uh, match I was up there myself and it was um, the game that was supposed to be played there in October between trim and Kildalki and it was um, just before the match uh, got underway the, the Kadaki coach Richie O'Donnell uh, collapsed and, and sadly passed away Richie was only 48 yeah. and uh, you know it was Same age uh, myself, a yeah. real tragedy um, and a family man you know he, he, he's from Ashburn originally yeah. um, uh, but he he'd lived in Kadaki for some years and coached teams down there with Vinnie Kavanagh who's the, the current manager and um, you know it was uh, so the, the match anyway was held in, in, in Ashburn it was appropriate that it was of course and you know Mike Murf, Mike McDonough was the referee he had um, done some CPR on on Richie when he collapsed in that boy and they were both he knew Richie very well and has described him as a great gentleman and you know there was great there was tremendous there was tremendous tributes paid to Richie and uh, a man who certainly made his mark <laughs> and, and uh, probably only a, a side story to that uh, probably a, a, as a great tribute to the man Kadaki actually won the title yes uh, Vinny was saying you know the, the players like and it looked like they, they weren't going to win it actually at one stage but they they certainly dug deep and they, they got the scores they needed it, they were fired up you know you could see and, and understandably so I don't think and that uh, anybody can would, would begrudge the Kadaki club that title uh, after the hardship it must have been a horrible few weeks horrible horrible few weeks for the club and the, and the family of, of Richie for uh, 
you know, for the girls to have to try and prepare for that final, it must have been horrible for them. But great that that they can ensure his memory lives on and that he was the coach of a, of a championship winning team uh, just because he wasn't there unfortunately I, on the final day they, they definitely won it in his memory yeah so um, you know Richie, Richie O'Donnell great great man and um, he will be remembered for many years in Kadoki and, and in the wider GA world as well absolutely absolutely yeah, uh, yeah. I think that about wraps up our uh, our podcast, Jimmy. Anything I, no, else? I think so, Fergal. Yeah, look, we we've uh, we could discuss very soon. We have the regional football championship semi-finals this week. Uh, this week, just that's tomorrow, on tomorrow night, night. Yeah, tomorrow night, and uh, you know, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, it's the Leinster football championship. Various games on in that next weekend. Yeah, but, um, and we will have our match reports. The uh, the only the only. Uh, media outlet with match reports up online immediately after the games uh, full match reports on our website on Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning uh, after the games uh, the semi-finals to see who will get through to the final of those regions yeah. we also have a busy paper there's uh, for good good days racing in Navin on last Sunday so we've all the photographs from that and uh, plenty of photographs reaction from primary schools finals trim Celtic game trim against Danesford screen against Longford slashers Kildaki against trim uh, jam-packed 24 pages of sport in your me chronicle in your shops tomorrow evening okay Fergal thank you very much for that and uh, your contributions and uh, listen folks uh, enjoy your weekend uh, enjoy the sport out there this is the end of another edition of talk a good game thanks Jimmy say hi